Thank you, Sheila. Called to be loved. So there'll be a refrain up on the wall here called, this is a song called We're All in the Boat, written by a local friend, Tom Walker. If we're all the body of Christ, then it means everybody, and we pull everybody into the boat. <clears throat> we're not whole until everybody's whole. Welcome to Trinity. It's this Pentecost Sunday. We're glad you're here. And uh, Ron and I are going to start with this song, We're All in the Boat. Feel free to sing that chorus along with us. We're all in the boat, drifting on the sea, trying to stay afloat, water as far as the eye can see. But reach into your heart, find the hopeful word, find the healing gesture, and send it off like a bird. Then keep your eyes on the horizon, one day she'll return to lead this fragile vessel safely home. When the waves become like mountains and the rain is pouring down, a leaky boat will barely float and anyone could drown. Well, I do believe I've been there, and you may be there too. But whatever pain you're drowning in, we're holding out for you. Sing along. We're all in the boat, drifting on the sea, trying to stay afloat, water as far as the eye can see. But reach into your heart, find the hopeful word, find the healing gesture, and send it off like a bird. Then keep your eyes on the horizon, one day she'll return to lead this fragile vessel safely home. And all the rain will be gone But we can't afford anyone overboard So help us all hang on And we'll send a bird out daily Though the future is not known While one of us is homeless None of us is whole We're all in the boat Drifting on the sea, trying to stay afloat, water as far as the eye can see. But reach into your heart, find the hopeful word, find the healing gesture, and send it off like a bird. Then keep your eyes on the horizon. One day she'll return to lead this fragile vessel safely home. 
Good morning. We are safely home. Uh, welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. Glad that you're here this morning. Glad to all those who are visiting online. We welcome you. You are a part of our family, and we appreciate you visiting with us. We hear from them every week from uh, different parts of the state and the country, and they really are a part of our family now, extended family. Uh, thank you for being here. The order of service you're going to find printed uh, in this part of your bulletin. Follow along. Everything will be projected for you. Um, we're going to be sitting at the feet of Jesus this morning, just where we should be. If it's comfortable, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mine is a church where everyone's welcome. Our opening hymn, Death and Bouquet.
continuing the theme with our responsive reading this morning, our litany. Mine is the church. Either all are welcome. Either all are welcome. Fill out an application. We'll get back to you. All are welcome in God's house. Doubters and skeptics, is there, a place for me? there is a place for you. Our hymn of praise now is Come and See. We'll be singing the yellow parts. It's a, somewhat a call and response. We have found the Messiah. takes away come and see oh come and see the sin and the evil in the world today come and see oh come and see we have found the Messiah in the water we have found the Messiah on the road to Galilee found the Messiah come and see oh come and see Found the Messiah on the road to Galilee. Found the Messiah. Come and see, oh, come and see. We have found the Messiah in the water. We have found the Messiah on the road to Galilee. Found the Messiah. be with you. Let us pray. Gracious Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for the invitation to gather in your presence, each of us, saint and sinner, at the same time. Open our hearts, give us humility, break down the walls that we erect to protect us, clear our minds that we might come and see Jesus that we might leave this sanctuary renewed and empowered to love and serve. We pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
This is a reading from the 12th chapter of Romans. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another, showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Pursue hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be arrogant, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. The word of the Lord. these mountains in the rain and I've learned to love the wind I've been up before the sunrise to watch the day begin I always knew I'd find you though I never did know how like sunshine on a cloudy day stand before me now so give yourself to love if love is what you're after open up your hearts to the tears and laughter and give yourself to love give yourself to
love is born in fire and planted like a seed. Love can't give you everything, but it gives you what you need. Love comes in when you're ready. Love comes in when you're afraid. It'll be your greatest teacher. Best friend you have made. So give yourself to love. If love is what you're after, open up your hearts to the tears and laughter, and give yourself to love. Give yourself to love. You must give yourself to love if love is what you're after. Open up your hearts to the tears and laughter and give yourself to love. Give yourself to is on the back. Not yet, Jackson. Into the service. I'll call you up, but he's helping out today. And thank you for being here. I know we have guests with us today. Uh, we're so happy to have you here and all those online. And at the end of the sermon, just stay put. Carl's going to sing uh, for us. Now, this morning, we are continuing uh, our summer journey through the Gospel of Luke. And I thank you for putting yourself in the path of the Gospel. We know from reading the Bible that those who put themselves in the path of Jesus had good things happen to them and heard good news. Now, I'm not really sure what motivated you to come in this morning, what you're looking for, or what you're expecting to hear, but I'm going to suggest that we simply sit at the feet of Jesus and see where that takes us. Because I believe you did not come here to meet Pastor Jim this morning or Carl or Martin Luther, if he were to show up, you came to meet Jesus. And my hope is that in doing so this morning, you will be encouraged and you will be strengthened for the journey ahead, that you'll be better prepared to face this week, and the challenges and opportunities that will come uniquely to you this week. Now, as followers of Jesus, we're called to be students, students for life, students of his life, to learn the lessons of the rabbi from the Galilee, to sit at his feet. If we are going to follow his example, then we really have to observe Jesus' life closely. So we're going to begin, not with our assigned text in Luke today, but we're going to back up a little further for a little context. Let's begin with a story that would set the tone for everything that would follow in Jesus' ministry. In the fourth chapter of Luke's gospel, Jesus, newly baptized, 
had just begun to preach and teach. Jesus entered the synagogue then in his hometown of Nazareth, and he stood up to read. He read from the prophet Isaiah, saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus then rolled up the scroll. He gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. Readers stand. Rabbis teach sitting down. That was the tradition. Jesus sat down to teach. All eyes were on him, and he said, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, if you were poor or captive or blind or oppressed, that was very good news. But the poor, captive, blind, and oppressed did not have a real large presence in the synagogue. Those who suffered were thought to be getting what they deserved from God. The religious people turned on Jesus now, and they sought to throw him off a cliff. This would be a common theme in his ministry. The lost and forsaken would be drawn to Jesus. The prostitutes, the tax collectors, they would be given a fresh start. Lepers would be healed. Outcasts would be welcomed at Jesus' table. His ministry was good news for those on the fringes of society. But the religious ones would be consistently offended by his grace. You see, the good church people were puffed up by self-righteousness. They were anxious to protect their place in society. They would detest this rabbi who proclaimed that God loved common sinners. The rabbi who bucked tradition and proclaimed a new way of living and loving was a perceived threat to them. We are sitting at the feet of Jesus today. Our next story now, the one that was assigned for this Sunday, comes again from the Gospel of Luke, this time the 13th chapter. Jesus had just taught his followers that there was no clear or consistent connection between the perils of living and the sinfulness of those who suffered in this world. Did you hear that now? There's no clear or consistent connection between our suffering and our moral or immoral living or judgment from God. Life, as you know it, is just dangerous, and it is unpredictable. And people, all people suffer in one way or another as a result. Oh, look, here comes Jesus, Pastor Dan's artwork. Jesus entered the synagogue. It was a Sabbath day, and he was about to begin teaching. Think uh, Sunday morning, the pastor's entering the church with his sermon in hand. Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, and his teaching that day, it was not recorded. Most sermons are not recorded. Most of our words will not be remembered. Our greatest witness in life will not be our elegant words, but our simple actions, the way we live our lives. Jesus was teaching. We're not sure what he was saying, but he was teaching in the synagogue, and suddenly he, he, he lost his focus. He lost focus. 
his attention was drawn to a woman who had just walked in the back door or right in the synagogue. And this woman was, uh, there she is. She's not bowing to Jesus. No, no. She is bent over. Bent over. You might imagine that this is a difficult way to go through life. She could not see where she was going. She was bent over. She was unable to stand up straight. She was disabled. She was crippled. And she had been this way, we were told, for 18 years. I don't know, perhaps she had scoliosis. Perhaps it was years of hard work that destroyed her back. Perhaps it was bad genetics or just the luck of the draw. There may have been a hundred medical explanations for her condition, but after 18 years, there seemed to be no hope for her recovery. Jesus lost his focus. He was preaching, he saw her, and he called her over to him. Now, this was unlike most of Jesus' miracles. Usually, people were surrounding him. They were pushing in on him. They brought their sick to him, and they begged him, saying, Jesus, heal me. Jesus, come heal my daughter. Jesus, we're lepers. Help us. That's not what happened here. This woman did not ask for a thing. She may not even have recognized Jesus. She was minding her own business. She was in church on the Sabbath day, a day when no business, no work would be conducted. No work done on the Sabbath. It was a day of rest, a day to focus on God. Everything was highly regulated. Jesus stopped preaching. He stopped using words. He called the woman over. For 18 years, she'd been bent over, unable to stand. And yet, in the midst of this kind of disability... She came to church. In the midst of this kind of pain and sorrow, she still came to pray. In the midst of religious people, people who suspected that she was a sinner, that she was somehow getting what she deserved, suffering for her sin. And as she came this day, she did not expect a miracle. She came for the same reasons that you have come. She came to pray, to sing a hymn, to make an offering, to be in the midst of a community. She did not come looking for a miracle, not after 18 years of unanswered prayers and countless doctor's visits. No, she came because that's what she did. This is what people of faith do, even in the midst of pain and loss. They put themselves in the path of the gospel. She'd been bent over for 18 years. Jesus spots her across the synagogue. Jesus calls her over, and he announces not just her healing, but her liberation. Good news to the poor, sight to the blind, release to the captives. Woman, Jesus says, you are set free from your ailment. And then Jesus did something that was very politically incorrect. Dangerous, we might say. He touched the woman. He touched her in public, in the synagogue, no less. A rabbi touching a woman on the Sabbath. He laid hands on her and pronounced her liberation, and immediately, she straightened up. She stood up straight. It was a miracle. A miracle. And suddenly the entire world looked different to this woman. 
Life took on a new appearance. All that she had seen for the past 18 years was the floor and her shoes. And now she could look people in the eye. She could look at their faces. No longer would people stare at her with pity and disdain. No more scorn. No more judgment from the religious folks. She had been set free. And what did she do next? She began, as you see, praising God. She rejoiced. After all, she had much to be thankful for. Everything was wonderful, beautiful, it was the dawning of a new day. Hope had returned. Good news all around. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled. Are you happy for her? Yeah. Amen? And now the rest of the story. The plot thickens. Standing nearby, observing all this happiness, was the leader of the synagogue, the president of the council, he was not bent over. No, he stood tall. He wore fine clothes. He was respected and honored, and when he spoke, people listened. He was not bent over, but as you're about to find out, he was bent out of shape. You saw what had happened. He watched as Jesus touched the woman in public in the synagogue. He witnessed Jesus healing her on a day when no work was to be done. It was the Sabbath day for crying out loud. He watched as she stood straight and began praising God. There was lots of commotion that day in the church. The worshipers didn't know whether to laugh or cry. They were so happy that they did both. It was awesome. But the leader of the synagogue, well, he was unhappy. More than that, he was indignant. When was the last time you were indignant? Spitting tax mad. I'm telling you, this leader looked like a Whidbey Islander when someone cuts in the ferry line. <laughs> there he is. He was indignant. And so he tried to incite the crowd to reject this healing, to reject this lawbreaker, Jesus. He raised his voice above all the celebrating. He said, listen to me. This is not okay. This is not the way things are done around here. The law of Moses is clear. There are six days on which work ought to be done. This is the Sabbath day, and this Jesus has disrespected God and disrespected our traditions six days a week. Come on those days, Jesus, and cure the sick. Not today. Don't come into my church on the Sabbath day and pull these kind of shenanigans. Well, that kind of put a damper on things. The crowd, like you, was hushed. The ball was now in Jesus' court. Jesus answered by saying, You hypocrites. Who here would not untie your donkey on the Sabbath day and lead them to water? Many of you have domestic animals here. Many of you do, right? You got dogs here, cats, you got horses. Amy's got the whole barn. Do you feed them on a Sunday? Do you give them water if it's hot? Do you take them out for a walk on a Sunday? What was happening here was Jesus was entering a debate that was taking place in his day. The great rabbis and the Qumran community at the Dead Sea were discussing the law. And this was the question. How much care can one give to their domestic animals on the Sabbath day without 
offending God. Jesus enters the debate here by declaring what the common people already knew. Animals, pets, children, old people, they need to be taken care of every day, even on the Sabbath. Those who can't care for themselves need our help regardless of the day. This is God's way, and we're not going to offend God by caring for those who cannot take care of their own needs. So now that we agree that it is okay and right to care for our pets, then what are we to think about the plight of the poor? And what are we to think about this bent-over woman? Would it not be God's desire for us to find compassion for her? She's suffered enough, has she not? Sabbath or no Sabbath, God rejoices in her healing. When Jesus had said this, all of his opponents, they were put to shame. And the entire crowd began rejoicing at the wonderful things that Jesus was doing. Good news to the poor, release to the captives. I'm going to tell you something you already know. We are all, or we will be, bent over. All of us. For some, it'll be very visible, like this woman. Others will move around us undetected, bent over in other ways. Perhaps understood by those who they live with, but then maybe again, maybe only God understands us. Maybe it's worse, in fact, to carry this invisible burden inside of us, to be bent over by what? The past or the present or fears about tomorrow, but showing no outward signs, hiding behind a lonely mask of false bravado. It is okay. It's okay to be bent over. It's okay in this community to be bent over. It's okay to be human. It's okay for your body or mind to just wear out. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, Jesus said. The leader of the synagogue lost face that day. But i got to tell you, it's dangerous to mess with religious people. They won't forget it. And they just as soon kill you rather than to let you rock the boat, upset the order, or threaten their long-held traditions. Like most of the religious people, this leader of the synagogue had always been upright, strong, healthy, self-righteous, and by all appearances, successful. And Jesus was not disrespecting the Sabbath. He had no intention of changing Sabbath law. But the Sabbath was a gift, a gift from God to humans. It was a gift, but a gift that is misused can become just one more burden to carry. The needs of the people are more important than church traditions. Compassion and kindness Trump mean-spirited laws and oppressive structures. Mean-spirited laws that exist to ensure that those who are in power stay in power and those who are held down continue to be oppressed. 
So I guess I'll end by telling you this. It's better to be bent over by long years of labor than to be bent out of shape by God's grace. It is better to be bent over by aging bodies and aging minds than to be bent out of shape by a church that welcomes sinners, immigrants, and refugees. It's better to be bent over by disease than to be bent out of shape by a God who shows compassion on sinners like us. But as always, it's your choice. Jesus invites you to the party. You can come to the party, or you can stay outside pouting. You can rejoice in God's blessings, or you can sulk because someone's getting a better deal than you did. You can say, praise the Lord, God's never done anything like that before, or you can say, we've never done anything like that before, we're not going to start now. Let's make the choice, shall we? Let's make the choice today and always to be extravagant dispensers of grace because we're blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Girls, yes. Blessed is the one who walks in your favor, who loves all your words and hides them like treasure. In the darkest place of our desperate hearts, they are Sometimes I call out your name, but I cannot find you. I look for your face, but you are not there. By my sorrows, Lord, lift me to you. strength all I have 
of all mercy, come to my troubled soul. Keeper of all the stars, friend of the poorest heart, touch me and make me. you to stand as we lift our hearts uh, to God in prayer. We have a song response, prayer response, change my heart, O God, make it ever true. We'll sing through that once now, and then after each petition, we'll return to that song response. Let us pray. constant presence in our lives. Let our love be genuine as we love one another as you would with mutual affection regardless of our differences. Let us put aside division and live in harmony with one another, rejoicing in the diversity of our community, knowing all are your beloved children. Leaning on your love, we pray. this day for the lives and ministry of Pastor Eric and Kathleen Odom. Let us follow their example of vibrant ministry as they have not lagged in zeal, have been ardent in spirit, and have faithfully served you. May the light and example be remembered and help us on our way as we serve our people. Leaning on your love, we pray. Gracious God, you rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Guide us to embrace those in grief or sadness 
such as they might rejoice in hope and see a brighter day. Give us the courage to love. Give us the wisdom to seek reconciliation. Leaning on your love, we pray. Take away the haughtiness and hatred that infect our hearts. Break down walls as we challenge what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Let our love be genuine as we open our hearts and let our character be shaped toward hope. Leaning on your love, we pray. gracious and loving God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. The peace of the Lord be with you. Please share a sign of peace and greeting with one another. Thank you for sharing in that greeting of the peace. Thank you for sharing that greeting of the peace. Those uh, vibrant expressions of community uh, during the sharing of the peace, thank you for that. Take that good energy over into the gym out in the courtyard uh, and continue to, to visit with one another. Get to know folks you don't know to look for those folks in the coffee hour. Uh, it's part of our work of hospitality all the time. It's okay to say to somebody, are you new here? And they say, we've been here for 55 years. <laughs> they're not, they're not gonna be offended by that. They're gonna be joyful. And uh, so do, uh, uh, do that. 
And when you go in there today, there's going to be coffee, there's going to be cookies, and there's going to be cake. We're having cake this morning in honor of uh, Pastor Eric and Kathleen. And so if you go back to um, July of 1969, uh, men were landing on the moon for the first time, and on July 20th, Pastor Eric was kneeling Uh, at an altar rail at Central Lutheran Church in Eugene, Oregon. Probably the bishop was there, lots of other clergy, uh, as he was ordained. And we're celebrating those 53 years of ordained ministry today, but specifically for us, alongside of those entire 53 years, uh, the 16 years that he served, uh, Eric and Kathleen have served here at Trinity Lutheran Church. Eric has been one of our uh, teaching pastors, had a variety of roles here, teaching, preaching, singing, um, and uh, mentoring uh, those of us who were younger, and pretty much that's everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, hundreds of weddings, hundreds of funerals. Uh, all of that, and so we want to celebrate that today. We have a little video. study will be on the Gospel of John, and I have taught uh, adult classes, helped to put together the adult program. I also serve as a guest preacher occasionally, and I have uh, the responsibility of setting up both the Lenten series and any other series that uh, go on during the church year. My background is I've been a pastor for 40-some years. I was uh, 22 of those years was in Alaska at various parishes, and uh, I've been I've served in both Washington and Oregon. And I'm just glad to be here and retired on this beautiful spot with the island. Very happy Church Council President uh, Jam Wright to come up. Our Vice President Arnie Bergstrom to come up. And Pastor Eric and Kathleen, would you come up? Come on up. And uh... we have a couple of little things for them <laughs> because of all their years of service, they deserve some big things. But this is a certificate. It says Pastor Eric Autumn and Kathleen Autumn. We hereby recognize and honor your retirement from 53 years of ministry in the Lutheran Church and especially the past 16 years of ministry at Trinity Lutheran Church, Freeland, Washington. We value and appreciate both of you for your many years of faithful service. With deep gratitude, Trinity Lutheran Church Council, August 14th, 2022. From our church council, thank you, and Arnie. As Eric said in his video that he has been leading an adult Bible study faithfully on Wednesdays for years. And on behalf of all those who sat at your feet and watched you on TV in the <laughs> last two years, to thank you for the, the teaching and 
the leadership you have given to each one of us who have attended that Bible study over the years. This is a quote from Martin Luther that said, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me, it has feet, it runs after me, it has hands, it lays hold of me. And Eric has done that over these past years, faithfully on Wednesdays, leading us, teaching us, facilitating our discussions, and a wonderful fellowship we had together. On behalf of all those who sat in those sessions, thank you, Eric, for your leadership and what you've done to us in that ministry. Standing ovation, very appropriate. Um, baptism, baptized in the church, ordained in the church. Uh, we're celebrating not only where you've been, but that this is just a new chapter in your life of serving Jesus and being together. We know that for 53 years you've been in this together because you can't do this work without a supportive spouse. So we're thankful for that as well. Um, very good. So touch the waters. Go ahead and make the sign of the cross on your forehead. Oh, can you do that, Eric? There you go. Amy will help you. <laughs> Take those for you. And then why don't we just hold your hand up and we'll have a prayer. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise uh, for the marriage of uh, Pastor Eric and Kathleen and the blessings of their life and their children and grandchildren. We give you thanks for their shared 53 years of ministry in churches in Washington and Oregon and Alaska and all of those who have been blessed by their ministry. We give you thanks for that. We pray in great thanksgiving and we pray in your promises, knowing that you'll continue to bless them and use them in the days and years ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Very good. I did tell Eric he could give a little speech. He said no speeches. He didn't want to give any speeches. But you can greet them, greet them after uh, the service. Uh, yeah, we'd encourage you to do that. I'm going to call on Deacon Amy. Welcome back. Thank you. It is good to be back. Just got back Friday evening from Montana, Flathead Lutheran Bible Camp with 11 of our high school kids. We had the best time. It was just beautiful and amazing. You can see the gorgeous setting we were at, um, kind of high 80s, low 90s all week. Wonderful time. And I want to give a special thanks to Jen McGrath, who stepped in really last minute and was able to go with the kids, travel over there and spend the first few days with them before I could get there to join them. And to Pat McBiles, and I know I saw Pat come in this morning. Where's Pat? There's Pat. Pat was also kind of a last-minute substitute. Pat went over with us, spent the week. Pat was jumping in the lake with the kids. Pat was climbing the mountains with the kids. Pat was playing Foursquare with the kids. It was really amazing and fun to watch. So thank you. Thank you so much, Pat and Jen, for helping out and making this work. And our kids have a super quick video here. Hey, you, 
it really was a great time. We had a lot of fun, and thank you, thank you for supporting these kids in these um, great adventures that we get to have together. And then I have a new flyer that's out on the uh, Narthex table with all of our news about all of the upcoming events for children, youth, and families as we start to look toward the fall. Thank you very much. Very good. Thank you, Amy. I didn't end up having up here with me one of the flyers, but someone have a flyer there that they were given out as you came in? Nobody? Okay, Tammy does. There are flyers out there about our fall programming, about jump-starting the fall, so I want you to get one of those. Sue's got one. Hold it up there, Sue. Uh, pick one of those up. They're multicolored. Our staff put these together. Kind of letting you know a lot of the things that are going on. We're really excited about getting out of this pandemic and getting into the fall program and getting people re-energized here. So we'd encourage you to do that. You can sign up out in the Narthex for 4 by 4 dinners. Uh, going through the fall. If you have questions about that, we can answer those uh, for you. And also this week, uh, Pastor Tom, we're, we're going to be uh, celebrating Brenda's life uh, this week on Friday at 1 o'clock here at the church, uh, 1 o'clock funeral here. Uh, and if you'd like to uh, serve or bake for that, there's a sign-up out in the narthex uh, for that as well. So lots of announcements. Read those in your flyer. Read those in your bulletin. Carl's making hand motions at me. So I think you have something to say, Carl. Go ahead. I do. I don't always, but I do today. Two things. Uh, one, just to recognize that uh, passing the torch from Linda Neverman in the bell choir role, we're going to pass that torch, and our wonderful organist, Sheila Weidendorf, is taking over the bell program. And so you'll be able to meet with her on the 28th of August if you're interested in playing bells. Look for more in that flyer that you're going to pick up on your way out the door. And then this afternoon at 4 o'clock at Wicca, Sheila is doing a concert. Um, Brahms, uh, sonata for viol viola and piano, and songs for alto and countertenor, and all kinds of wonderful things. 4 o'clock, Wicca, Sheila, lots of wonderful music. All right. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Sheila. Uh, sitting at the feet of Jesus, I'd invite you to stand as we're going to uh, pray, as Jesus taught us, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Sitting at the feet of Jesus here in this church, go out those doors and live your life as he taught you to live. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending hymn, Lord of all hopefulness.